In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hey, we know the pandemic and recent market turmoil have people reassessing their prospects for retirement. On today's show, the four biggest retirement mistakes people make and how to avoid making them. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome aboard to the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along once again. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker with me today for another edition. We have spent... Uh, several weeks now talking about the recent market downturn and continuing turmoil. We know that we've got some reprieve in that last week as the S&P 500 ended seven consecutive weeks of being down. Uh, So we got a little bounce back. We don't know that it's over. We don't know that we found the bottom, but certainly things look better this week than they did a week ago. We hope that you've gotten some good insight and perspective over the last few weeks, and we're going to still hang out in that territory for sure. Uh, when it comes to the markets and how things have looked in 2022. But today, a little more perspective on the retirement side of that, not just the investing side of that. It all goes hand in hand. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the four biggest retirement mistakes people make, because I think, guys, as we talk about all four of these, they may be more enhanced and people may be more likely to make them Mm -hmm. because of the situation we're in right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that that kind of compounds what you're saying, Scott, is that you don't have a lot of do-overs, at least time for do-overs in retirement like you do when you're accumulating money. You know, if you make a mistake when you're in your 20s or something like that, it's easily correctable. And, and, And really, it's almost hard to make a mistake when you're investing particularly for retirement, as long as you don't stop investing or, or not get the company match or whatever the case may be. Those are a couple of mistakes you don't want to make. But it's almost impossible to recover from some of the mistakes that we're going to talk about yeah. in retirement. Well, Scott, when I think about the, the timeliness of this, as far as people being more likely to make mistakes right now, think about really any area of your life. When you get flustered, mm-hmm. you're more likely to make a mistake. But if you're thinking clearly, you're less likely to make a mistake. Well, what happens when the markets are doing what they've been doing lately? Investors get flustered. That's a technical term, I'm sure. You know, investors are flustered. So don't make the mistakes that usually happen along those timelines. Scott, I think that that one of the ways that you don't make a mistake is that you basically be sure you know where you are and where you're going or where you're supposed to be going and be sure that you don't veer off of that course. I think what in my experience in the years that I've been in this industry, when I see people make a mistake, it is because they have gotten emotional about something. And they are in a situation where they don't allow for that planning maybe that they have done or maybe in some cases haven't done to to really be their guide. They allow CNBC to be their guide or they allow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the news of the day or what's on their, their phone. Their co-worker. Yeah, their yeah. co-worker, what's on their phone, whatever the case may be. They're letting something else be their guide. They've substituted that, even though they may have done some planning, they've kind of put that plan aside or thrown it out the window in some cases. 
cases. And now they're they're going, I'm going to go on how I feel. Mm-hmm. And how you feel about something is not always the best arbiter of what's right to do. Yeah. And I think during this uh, downturn of 2022, it's been highlighted for me, too, that by the time the information, even if it is accurate, trickles down to you it's old news yeah. from the market's perspective and oh, yeah. i and i think that's a real big part of this too is you don't want to make decisions that really are being made two three four months late right and right. and that can be detrimental as well so as we talk through these biggest retirement mistakes i did stumble on some new information and they have a survey once a year Allianz life uh, puts out a two or puts out a retirement risk readiness survey, and the updated 2022 version of that found that workers who feel confident about their financial preparation for retirement are in the minority. Every year, this seems to be the case, but this number really high: 63 percent of non-retired respondents, and that would be. Uh, defined as pre-retirees who are 10 years or more from retirement or near retirees who are within 10 years from retirement, 63% said they fear running out of money more than death. And we've been we've been quoting statistics from that uh, scenario for several years, but that I don't know that it's been that high. I think it's been in the high 40s, around 50%, but 63% is a big number. Well, and I think that, that the current times may be reflective in some of that information. I'm not sure exactly when that survey was done, but Janet, when when things feel out of control, yeah. and, and let's say, you know, since COVID, go back to 2000, when, when things are out of control, people feel uncertain about things. But I would say that, that my old adage of it's never as bad or as good as you right. think it is, is really in play here. Right. I would absolutely agree. So guys, when we talk about the biggest retirement stakes, the, the num- mistakes, the number one is letting emotions run your investments. And that's really, I think, kind of where people are when we talk about like what Scott said about how many people fear running out of money more than they fear death like guys that's a that's a big deal so if we look at where are we in terms of economic uncertainty now compared to basically a year ago so in may of this year 69 percent of people say that they think the u.s economy is in a bad state well where were we a year ago a year ago, 46% of people said that the U.S. economy was in a bad state. From to go from 46 to 69, that's a that's a 50% increase yeah. off of the 46%. That's a big deal. So if you're thinking that about the U.S. economy, we have often said it is not about the economy; it is about your economy. So where are you in terms of your economy in reference to retirement? Don't make decisions about your economy based on the economy. Scott, I think also when you when you think about uh, what Ryan Dietrich and his team at LPL Research are currently saying about the stock market, uh, they may be you know really overdoing the emotion on where the economy is. And I know the economy and the stock market are. Too Two different things. But if you take a look at where the market could be going just uh, this week, LPL Research has put out some information that basically says, you know, we may not have a, a June swoon, if you will, or a downturn through the summer. As a matter of fact, they actually make a bull case for the stock market 
through the rest of 2022, saying that inflation is likely to moderate and that valuations are really low right now and that earnings are doing really well for companies. So if you take all of that into account, things may not be quite as bad as some people perceive. Yeah, and you're very fond of saying things are very rarely as good or as bad as they seem. So it's usually somewhere in the middle. So the way yes. you feel about the economy, and that goes back to mostly because of the market downturn and inflation. That's a big part of it too, right? I mean, when people go to the grocery store and they're having to unload more of their hard-earned dollars just to make ends meet, that can make you feel that the economy is bad. And certainly inflation is a problem. And and if it lingers much longer, it could uh, definitely impact economic growth. But to your point, John, if you were to walk in into March or April or May and make decisions to pull out of the market or to not invest at all anymore because you feel the economy is in bad shape, if you're on the sidelines, and we do, as LPL Research is indicating, have a kick here in the back half of the year, you're going to miss out on that. So again, the point here is don't let your emotions run your investments. It needs to be based on sound investment strategy, and it needs to be locked in for the long term, especially when equities are concerned. Well, and I think that if you understand the equities markets, you you understand you've got to be right twice to mm-hmm. be able to time the market. You've got to know when to get out and when to get in. And if you get in at the wrong time, uh, then you've lost some of the gain that you could have had. If you get out at the wrong time, you probably have locked in some losses that you've temporarily incurred. Don't be in a position where you turn a a paper loss, if you will, or an unrealized loss, as it's called in the tax world. An unrealized loss does not need to be changed into a realized loss because that's when it really gets real. Guys, I want to go back uh, in time for a little bit here and use an example that we've seen historically back in 2008. And I know that feels like forever ago. I mean, we are talking about 14 years back. But if you were investing in 2008, you remember it. And what happened then is that the market was down 40%. But people who are approaching retirement now, if they were investing at that point, they were probably just starting to invest because most people don't really start investing until they get closer to retirement. They didn't they haven't been through a market like that with a, as as much money as they have right now, for sure. Even if they went through 2008 as an investor, they have more money invested now than they did then. So it feels different. But understand that the the science and logic behind going through a process like that is the same. It's your first dance, but it's not the first dance. So be sure that you're you're working with somebody who understands what to do when there is a market downturn. And for whatever it's worth, I went through the, the downturns in 2000, 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. the 2008 downturn, and obviously where you have one that's being a, a little bit prolonged today. I feel way better today about oh, yeah. the economy and the markets than I did in 2008. Because 2008 was scary. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you really yeah. didn't understand some of those complex uh, uh, products that they had put out there that you didn't really know if the financial system was going to collapse. Right. There's no indication that the financial system is going to collapse. Uh, it's just a market pullback. And markets do that from time to time. That's right. And, and this is nothing, in my mind, very unusual about what we're going through right now. And I think it's just more highlighted, more magnified by the media attention that's that's on it 
today versus back in 2008. Well, let me say this to transition from mistake number one, which is letting emotions run your investments into mistake number two. If you are a near retiree, as defined by that survey we talked about, who then that's defined as being within 10 years of retirement, you certainly don't want all of your investments in equities. There certainly needs to be diversification. And one of the things, as we get into mistake number two, is not guaranteeing your reti- your required retirement income. We love our buddy Wade Fowl. He is the professor. Dr. Wade Fowl. Doctor, I should put the doctor in front yeah, of him. That's yeah. right. He's been a guest on the show. Dr. Wade Fowl, if you don't know, is a professor of retirement income at the American College of Financial Services. He spoke at a presentation recently and said retirees need a stable income because stocks are not always going to rise. Big dough on that, right? We know that's yeah. certainly not happening now. But at the had same to be a professor time, to know that, right? Yeah. But at the same time, investing in bonds is not an efficient way to fund retirement, especially from the income perspective. A client is more likely to be able to fund his or her lifestyle with a combination of equities, annuities, and other strategies. So obviously annuities is the way you would guarantee potentially part of your required income if needed, because your required income needs to be met with guaranteed monthly income. Let me just go ahead and address the the big, bad, ugly word that we've just said, which is annuity. And then we'll talk about what it really means. But first of all, realize that this is a professor who has said this. This is not somebody who's selling a product. He has studied retirement. His whole purpose as a career is studying and teaching about retirement. One note on that, he is not only just some professor, he is actually the professor of retirement income at the American College who Janet and I have sat under. Many of our other advisors here who carry the RICP designation have sat under Wade Fowles' teaching. We know this guy knows what he's talking about. So, Annuity, we'll just do a little bit of education time. Uh, Annuity kind of got a bad rap because there were some people in the industry who were frankly using products in the wrong way. Uh, We don't believe at GenWealth that there is any such thing as a good product or a bad product. It depends on whether the product is a right fit for you. And a lot of people will say that they're expensive. Well, the question is, expensive relative to what? When you when you come to see a GenWealth advisor, you probably don't come here on a bicycle. You probably come in a vehicle that is more expensive than the bicycle. But it also provides you benefits that the bicycle doesn't have. It has a motor. It has air conditioning and heat. All of those benefits that you're, you were willing to pay for because it made sense. We don't believe that everybody needs an annuity. We believe that there are people who need them and people who don't, and it's all based on what your numbers are. Here at GenWealth, it's a very mathematical equation. What an annuity does, let's talk about the word itself, it comes from the word annual. It's this, the same root word. So just like a pension gives you guaranteed income, and most people think of it monthly, but you have this annual amount of money that you get from your pension. It comes on a guaranteed basis. This is also a guaranteed source of money. It will give you either an annual payment or most people do take it in a monthly amount instead, but it's giving you this amount per year that you have guaranteed to you in terms of income. The only other sources we have on that are pensions if you have them and social security. So the question is, do you have enough guaranteed income that if everything hits the fan, that you're okay. If you say, I, I have to have $4,000 a month and you already have pensions and Social Security totaling 5000 you don't need an annuity because you don't need additional annual income guaranteed to you. But 
If you say, I have to have 5000 every month and you only have 4000 guaranteed, then when markets are crazy, you want that security. That's the purpose of an annuity. Don't you think it's uh, really highly illogical to think about the fact that people love the concept or the idea of a pension? If you, mm-hmm. had, a, if you had two jobs and they both paid the same thing, the only difference between the two jobs was one of them paid you a pension when you retired and the other did not. Mm-hmm. Which one would you take? I'd be all in on the pension. You'd be all in on the pension, right? Mm -hmm. And people love Social Security. You know, they like that regular monthly check from the government. But, you know, Social Security is a form of an annuity. A pension is the form of an annuity. People love Social Security and pensions. But people have been herded, if you will, Mm -hmm. into hating annuities because somebody said they were bad. Mm -hmm. An annuity is simply using some of your money to create a guaranteed income stream just like a pension. Mm -hmm. And so currently, you know, when you look at what we do here at GenWealth, we are focused on what your need is. If you don't have a need for that guaranteed income, as Janet so eloquently went through it, you don't need an annuity. But if you have that gap of, of between what you need and what you have in terms of required income, then you better have an annuity, else you are riding on probability yeah. in retirement. Now, fair to say, though, not all annuities are good there are annuities and products that aren't useful and we don't use those all mutual funds are not good all stocks are not good no i don't know all people are not good (laughs) (laughs) yeah we could go there too (laughs) so uh, let's just say they're not all created equally correct and even among the clients we have, we use different, if we have somebody who needs an annuity, it's not just you're getting this one because that's the only one we use. Right. We've we vetted have, them. Exactly. Yeah. We've vetted the group of them that we use. And among that group, we're going to choose on an individual basis based on what your needs are. Yeah. So if you think about that, and I found this quote really interesting too. This is not uh, Dr. Fowl, but it's Michael Finke, who is another professor at that same institute, the American College of Financial Services. He says, in some ways, retirees with reliable with a reliable income floor are better off than those who possess wealth because those who have wealth but not a predictable income in retirement may be afraid to spend the money they have. And you think of that, about that, John, because of the uncertainty of it. If you're not mm-hmm. going to have a floor that's going to be the same every month and guaranteed no matter what happens in the market, then the market's going to determine how much income you make. Because if you're going to have it coming off bond yields or off of dividends from stocks, that's going to fluctuate. You know what that causes to happen? Just you, in case. You live a just-in-case retirement. That's right. That's you, right. you live, uh, you, I don't need to spend this money just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know when you have enough guaranteed income, it gives you freedom. Yeah. It gives you a license to be able to spend that money and know that it's not going to take food off your table somewhere down the road. We have often had the discussion with clients about just how do you feel about if you've got these two options. So you can have this money sitting over here and it doesn't have a guaranteed income stream on it. But if you want some of it, you can take it. Or you have this money, same amount of money, sitting over here, and every month they're going to send you a check of X amount. And when they send it to you, you know it's yours and you can spend it as you wish. Which one of those do you prefer? And every time they want to know, hey, just send me that check. Because then they feel safer about using the money. It's not their decision and they're not questioning, are we going to run out of money? Scott, when you talked about it was over 60%, you know, who fear running out of money more than they fear death. 
this is a solution to help with that fear. You don't run out of income. That's right. No matter if the money goes away. So biggest retirement mistakes, number one, letting emotions run your investments. Number two, not guaranteeing your required income. Moving on to number three, poor tax planning. Now that's huge too. And that is certainly on top of mind awareness for near-term retirees. They understand, I think, a pretty pretty good awareness when they come into our client meeting rooms for the first time. They may not understand all of what they need to do to have better tax planning, that's for sure, but they certainly are it's on their mind on how their retirement income is going to be taxed and how that is different than their employment income being taxed when they are working. There is a knowledge and help desert out there when it comes to forward-looking tax planning. And here's why. If you take a look at what a lot of people do, they get TurboTax or some other online tax service or something, and they file their taxes, and they think, I've taken care of taxes. All they've really done at that particular point in time is done a rearview mirror look back on what they did last year. It isn't preparing for what you're going to do into the future. And even if they're working with a CPA, and obviously the CPA can do forward-looking planning, but if you're not asking them to, if you're just going to them in April and going, here's my stuff, please file my taxes for me, then that too is a rearview mirror just response to what you have already done. It is not forward planning. And the biggest expense for any retiree is likely going to be their tax bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you take a look at, at you know, 12, 15% of your money coming off of your retirement paycheck, you probably don't spend 12 or 15% of your money on any one other category. Potentially healthcare, depending on your individual details, but Obviously. otherwise, that's it. But it's a huge yeah. expenditure. And for you to not understand and know how to control your tax on that money is is really critical. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and think about it, of all the retirement income sources, they're all taxed differently. Yeah. In Arkansas, yeah. certain pensions are not taxed. In Arkansas, Social Security is not taxed. Guys, this is not really a tax issue, but it could have created a tax issue for this particular client if he had not sought some advice. Uh, When you get into dealing with required minimum distributions, it's very important to understand how much you need to withdraw and what the tax consequences are on that. And not to get too much in the weeds, but he was using the factor as a percentage. So instead of basically withdrawing 4%, he was going to withdraw about 25%. I'm using kind of rounded numbers there. He was going to withdraw about 25% because Mm -hmm. that's how he understood the required minimum distribution rules. He came in, fortunately, and talked with us before that. But think about the difference that that would have made on his taxes. He would have paid you know, 600%, you know, on, instead of paying 100% of what he would have owed, he would have paid six times that much in taxes that year, because he was going to take out six times as much as what was required on his distribution. It's important to have a financial coach go through this process with you. Yeah, when you think about how complex retirement income planning is, the tax code is ridiculous in terms of of how complex it is. And all the tax code doesn't relate to your personal income, but the personal income part of it is highly complex. And just filing your taxes is not enough. Yeah. And you think about if you do have some non-retirement accounts in there too, then you've got a taxable situation that's Mm -hmm. different than your retirement accounts. And I think about it in terms of this, and we talk about this in the client meeting room as well, 
you lived most of our clients had W two income. I mean, we do work with some business owners and some ten ninety nine that as well. But the majority of folks come in here and they've had if both spouses work two W two income, so two paychecks have hit their bank account mm-hmm. for forty years, right? And now you're going to be getting it from many different sources. You've got Social Security. Maybe there's a pension. Maybe there's an annuity. Maybe there's qualified money, which is the retirement account. Maybe there's non-qualified money, which there's a non-retirement account. You throw it all into the pile and it's all taxed differently. Yep. You have mm-hmm. to have some help planning for that. And as John mentioned, it needs to be forward tax planning, not rear view mirror tax planning. So that's number three on our list today on the Get Ready for the Future show of the four biggest retirement mistakes people make and how for you not to make them. Number one was letting emotions run your investments. Number two was not guaranteeing your required income. And number three was poor tax planning. Up to our final one now, and we'll camp out on this one for the rest of the show, not planning for health care. And that's a big one too that it's, I think, top of mind for people who are getting close to a retirement age or even people who are getting close to Medicare age because people know that age. They know 65, whether they're going to retire yeah. before or after, they know what 65 means. So let's talk about that because that comes into the tax question as well, right. uh, paying for Medicare and how you make those Medicare decisions and what Medicare does and does not cover. Yeah, and when you think about the the amount of money someone is likely to spend in their retirement years on healthcare expenses, yeah. uh, our friends at Fidelity uh, do this survey every year, and this year the total is up to three hundred and fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. Now, uh, admittedly, a lot of that is probably toward end of life and and you know things of that nature. But when you start thinking about how much you pay for Medicare, how much you mm-hmm. pay for Medicare supplements, how much you pay for your uh, deductibles and copay. All that stuff adds up, and if you're going to the doctor a lot, especially if you have regular medicines, and who doesn't have regular medicines mm-hmm. past age 60, you know, that right. we all are, are on that type of thing. And so clearly you've got a lot of expenses, and you've got to be sure that you account for those expenses in your health care and retirement income planning. Let's talk about the increase in Medicare expenses that we've seen recently. Uh, so U.S. government's National Health Insurance Program for Americans age 65 and older is what we're talking about here. There was a 14.5% increase, guys, in the premiums for Part B, that's your outpatient care coverage that we're talking about, for 2022. That is a record high and nearly double uh, the March reading for the annual U.S. Uh, rate of inflation uh, as we look at the consumer price index. So that was a very significant cost increase. When you talk about over 14% of, uh, of an increase on your Medicare premiums for Part B, when you look at, all right, what's your game plan for an increase in your retirement income? Is your retirement income going to increase enough each year to take care of those types of expenses that are, frankly, completely out of your control? There are a lot of expenses in retirement that you can control. This is not one of them. And when you think about all of the other things that are involved, we've talked about more more or less the acute medical care of mm-hmm. deductibles, coinsurance, and things that Medicare and Medicare supplements and what have you take care of. Let's talk a little bit about long-term care expenses. This is the this is where almost everybody wants to find that ostrich hole and put their head down yeah, in it yeah. and just not worry about it and, yeah. and just hope that it all works out. 
Hope is not a plan. You've got to understand the impact that long-term care events can have on your financial future. And Scott, this is something that's really kind of hard for people to conceptualize because people don't like thinking about dying, but they certainly don't like thinking about being incapacitated maybe in a nursing home or something. Yeah, and as advisors here at GenWealth, I can tell you that we always address long-term care in our planning but it is very difficult for many times people to act on it because yeah. of the things that you talk about. And the earlier, the better in some ways, if you're a near-term retiree, is when it needs to be dealt with because at some point you may not be insurable. But let's talk about how you really need to address it. You're really going to fall into one of three buckets or three categories when it comes to how you're going to pr- plan to pay for the advent of a long-term care event. You're either going to have no assets and rely solely on the government, which that would be Medicaid, to pay for your long-term care should you need it. But you have to have spent down your assets to $2,000 for that to kick in. So most people are not going to fall into that category. On the other end of the spectrum, you could choose to self-insure. Maybe you have we would call it overfunded retirement. When you come in and do a plan with a Gen Wealth advisor, we're going to set your monthly income amounts and maybe your assets will more than support what your lifestyle needs are in retirement, your needs and your desires in retirement. In that case, you may be able to self-insure. In other words, take a one-off bucket of funds and assets and put over into a moderate investment strategy and say that, if I need it, is designated to pay my long-term care bills. But many people don't do that either. Most people are going to fall in the middle where you have assets, but you don't have enough that your income could still come from them for lifestyle if one or both of the spouses need long-term care. So in that case, that's when you would look to an insurance company to potentially leverage the oncoming long-term care costs. Yeah, and that's where you also get into this whole deal where you try to go to an attorney and try to you know hide assets and, and uh, put them in trust and things of that nature. And there's lots of problems along those lines, and that's not really what a Medicaid trust is, is designed to do, is to hide assets. It's really for people that, that need to have continuous income but still have the ability to be on Medicaid. But uh, the only other way that you can address this other than self-insurance is some type of long-term care, Janet. Let me circle back to the trust comment because we have a a lot of clients who have trust in place. And even though you said Medicaid trust, I don't know that that's necessarily going to click with with trust. Yeah, they just hear trust. So like, I have a trust personally, John and and his family, they have a trust as well. And so in our case, it's to protect from probate so that everything passes to the next generation or to our survivors without having to go through probate. There are people who are looking for uh, just getting a trust to protect against the nursing home, quote unquote, taking their, their home. That's what we hear all the time. Let me say, if you're in a GenWealth client meeting room, you're probably not in the category of people who really needs to worry about that because you have a level of assets like what Scott was saying, where you're not going to be dependent upon Medicaid, which means the state coming in and paying for your care. So we don't really see a lot of our clients who have that type of trust. I just don't want our listeners to get confused about this. But when we go back to long-term care as a product, there are lots of different ways to address the 
the need for long-term care. And guys, I want to erase this thought of it's just for the nursing home because there's not a person on the planet that if you ask them, would you like to go to the nursing home one day? Absolutely not. They don't want to think about it. That's one of the reasons that they don't ever even deal with it. That's why they put their head in the sand like an ostrich because they don't want to think about ever being in a nursing home. Long-term care planning done right allows you to be independent in your home for a longer period of time than you would have been able to otherwise. It pays for your care and can even pay, it can pay for somebody to mow your yard. If you've got a family member maybe pay, maybe caring for you, there's lots of different ways to build this so that it's flexible. The point that we would encourage you on is to have the conversation and to be intentional about planning that works for you with your details and your desires. Your retirement should be more than just investments. I hope that we have pointed that out today with these big retirement mistakes that people do make. And if your plan is only focused on the investments, maybe you need a better plan. The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process focuses on seven key areas. We create a written plan that you take home with you and you have in a three-ring binder. We look to maximize Social Security. There's a Social Security analysis done with every plan that we do for pre-retirees. We consider a hybrid retirement. Maybe you can take some income from your assets and then generate some part-time employment income as well, partially retiring. We protect against inflation by putting raises into that Uh, annually because we know that your income needs to grow as you move on through a longer retirement. We secure guaranteed lifetime income, plan for long-term care as we've talked about here today, and defend against taxes with a forward-looking tax strategy. So if you haven't built a plan that encompasses all of those seven key areas, maybe it's time to do that. I think it clearly is. And and there's no better time to get started than right now. A lot of people may say, well, it's too late for me. It's never too late. It, it, you just have to work with what you've got. And, and sometimes that financial security that people uh, worry about, it's because they think they don't have enough money. A lot of our clients are surprised when they actually get a retirement income plan that is successful in terms terms of their uh, retirement income plan. It is time for our final thoughts to wrap up today's show. And Janet, we'll start with you. So I would just encourage you to remember that you need a plan, a plan that works for you, a plan that meets your needs wherever you are, that it's personalized for you. So we don't really have a a crystal ball uh, to predict what situation you might be facing in your retirement, but we do have the ability to build a plan that's personalized for you that works, whether the economy or your economy, whatever we're facing, whether it's good or bad, that the plan is prepared to be able to pivot You don't really know if you're on track or not until you sit down and really look at it. Your mind may be telling you one thing, but the facts may actually tell you something else. 37% of Americans believe that their retirement savings is on track. What that means to me is that there is a vast majority of folks that have no idea whether they're on track or not. Retirement is too big of a deal for you to just let it go and, and wonder and hope that things all work out. As we're fond of saying here at Gen Wealth, hope is not a plan. A plan really does get you down the road where you need to be for retirement. We'd love to work with you on that basis. And if you'd like to get started for free, just start by texting the word CHECKUP to 501 381 
5228. The number again is 501-381-5228. Text the word checkup or visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one, the number five, minuteretirement.com to get your free retirement checkup and get an idea, a bird's eye view if you're on track for retirement. And that's all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you've enjoyed uh, and learned from the four biggest retirement mistakes that people make and ways that you can keep from making them. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.